And welcome to Football Game Plan Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emory Hunt, the czar of the playbook. Be sure to follow me on all of my social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, fan page, all that good stuff like that. Uh, it's at Football Game Plan, at Football Game Plan on Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube to the Football Game Plan Network at YouTube.com slash Football Game Plan. And also on iTunes, Football Game Plan Podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. Now that we got all of those housekeeping items out of the way, Great guests joining me today, and that's Shane Simpson, the outstanding running back from the University of Virginia. Shane, I appreciate you taking time. I appreciate you for having me. It's interesting because, you know, I've seen your game back when we were at Towson. You know, I broadcast that game against Morgan State, the Battle of Greater Baltimore. Uh, became very familiar with your game. We cover a lot of FCS football. But what impressed me the most was your, your play speed. And I know you have a track and field background. Before we get into the journey, let's talk about that track and field background first and how it correlates to what you do on a football field. You see a lot of people talk about basketball and how it translates, and everyone tells you, you got to run track, got to run track to because it helps you in football, but no one explains how it helps you in football. So what were you able to take from the track and field arena and bring it onto the football field to help you be the football player that you are? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, definitely a track athlete um, prior to coming to college. In high school, and definitely, it works wonders. Helps your endurance. You're like track, track shape, and football shape is definitely two different types of shapes. So I, I, I have a totally a great amount of respect for um, track athletes and their workouts because I've been through them. But like for transitioning into my game, um, you can like I, I've heard that some people think that I'm slower than I look, or not that fast. And it's just because I'm just gliding through the field. I don't just like effortless when I'm running. So that's basically all, um, the technique I got from the track. So um, I can't wait to surprise people for those people that think I am slow on pro day at pro day. You know, it's interesting. Uh, people said the same thing about Eric Dickerson. He talked about how smooth he ran and it looks like he's not running fast, but he was a track guy too. You know, and he was 6'3. So people just assume that oh, he's just tall and slow, but they never caught him from behind. And you watch you play, you go back and watch your, your game all the way through Towson. And it was like, man, this dude definitely has the speed. I always tell people this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, I return punts. Mm -hmm. And if you're returning kickoffs, that means you're fast. You're returning punts, that means you're quick. Is that the truth? Is that true right there? Um, in a sense, yeah, because I know a lot of punt returners are fast. I'm not going to knock them because I am a punt returner as well. So um, it, that, I definitely agree with that point, just so – Pump returners, you got to be real twitchy because you have guys running at you while you're about to catch the ball. And kick returner, you get to set up and see who's coming at you. So I definitely agree with that. So let's go back to the Towson days. You know, you, you played at Towson. You played, you know, some fantastic football. You were special teams player of the year, CAA, two-time all-CAA player, uh, all-American, you know, and then you had the injuries. So you had the setbacks at Towson. But every time you had one, you overcame it. What was it the, the process like? Because, again, I was a guy that tore my ACL a couple times in uh, college. And I know how lonely it can get. And how were you able to fight through that and get back on the field to excel and then have to go through that process again? What was that whole thing like for you? It definitely, definitely can mess you up mentally. But um, I had a great support system in my family, my friends, my coaches. And um, I'm not a guy that really needs any motivation to get back to what, he, um, to what he loves. So I know what I love is playing football 
and being on the football field, producing, not um, producing individually, but most importantly as a team. And then obviously me being away from the, um, from the field with the ACL, MCL injury in 19 really hurt just because I felt like that was my year to go, um, go to the draft. I was getting quite a good buzz right out of there. And my goal was never um, to never transfer to like at all because I was that was that kind of guy. I wanted to stay where I was brought in that. Um, I felt like I can make a name for myself at Towson, which I did. But ultimately, with the whole COVID stuff, couldn't really control that. And then getting back to the injury, just being I was trying to make sure that I was better than I, the play, better player than I was before. And so that really pushed me um in my mindset and that even ultimately made me get this tattoo like bet on bet on yourself right here so uh, i just look at that every day and um just gonna bet on myself um like a lot of people think uh the injuries the injuries messing them up like that but i'm just here to tell you guys that uh the injuries are way behind me um as you can see when i played at virginia i was not injured um i showed i can play at a power five level uh, uh at a and exceed at the high level at the highest level as at that and in one of the best power five conferences in in the country so um i think my tape speaks um speaks volumes and i can show i show a lot of versatility from running the ball uh, catching out the backfield motioning me out putting different packages for players so we can um so defenses can't have a scheme against us um then i also add value to kick return punt return aspect so um yeah that's pretty much it you know, it's funny looking back at, uh, you know, the whole Towson thing. Um, people may not your level of competition, but the CAA is one of the power conferences in the FCS. So you played big time ball and against power five schools while you were at Towson. Okay. And it goes back to your high school days. I, I just realized you were from Eastern PA. So I know what that Phillipsburg Eastern high school game. <laughs> It's like, man, you right across the border there in, in no uh, you know, so you played in big time games. So that why that's why it wasn't that big of a transition for you to go from Towson to Virginia. What was the initial thing like for you going to Virginia? Because, again, it kind of worked out for you because, like you said, you were going to go to the league last year, but had the injury. So you had the bonus of coming back and, and you know, really playing again. And then COVID hit. So now you're OK. Are we going to play or are we not going to play? So you had an opportunity to go to uh, you know school and, and transfer up, what went into the decision for Virginia and and uh, what was your initial takeaway once you finally got out there and playing amongst guys at the five level? Yeah, so obviously during COVID, I was actually um, still recovering from my ACL MCL injury. Uh, so around like they said it was about a, I wouldn't be recovered to like a year, uh, up to like fourteen months or so like that, and that was my goal to. Um, to beat that every time they told me where I should be at, I wanted to make sure that I was way above schedule. So ultimately fast forward, it's like eight and a half months. I felt like I was, I was back. I was squatting over 575, uh, single leg 465. So I was feeling really good. Um, then going back to Towson for the summer uh, to see if we get to um, get to play. And then ultimately they canceled um, in the CAA um, so I, I, I couldn't really dwell on it really too much. So I had to think what was best, um, what was best for me at that point. So I called my family saying, um, I think, um, transferring, uh, would definitely 
be beneficial for me due to the fact that I don't want to give scouts or GMs um, to think like, oh, is he is he healthy? If he answers, um, is his knee lingering? This, that, and the third. I wanted to erase all the red flags um, out their mind. So I, ultimately, I chose to enter the transfer portal, and then <laughs> they they weren't lying when they transfer when they say people enter the transfer portal, your phone starts blowing up. And I had a bunch of like ACC offers, SEC offers, Big Ten. Um, so I, I, I felt the love and it was um, heartwarming just because of the fact what I've been through in that past year and a half. Um, so ultimately it came down to uh, Texas and Virginia. Ultimately, obviously, I went to Virginia and I loved every minute of it just because uh, what they say about the Virginia culture is definitely, definitely true. And um, I loved it. I loved my time there just because I had to work for everything. It was like starting starting all over, like I was a rookie, even though I was the oldest one in the locker room. Um, but going there wasn't a too much of a bigger difference. Just I would say, like I said, when I was people I was playing at Towson, the biggest difference from FCS and FBS um, is the guys in the, with their hands in the dirt, O line and D line, and everything else from skill positions, um, pretty much the same. Uh, maybe a little faster, maybe, but the conference I played in at Towson was highly talented with talent. And then obviously transitioned to go to ACC or a whole bunch of talent in that, in that conference. And, uh, wasn't too big of a, big of a difference. Cause I, I know my football IQ was up there. So I had to get in there and, uh, study right away and get the playbook, um, in order to get on the field. And ultimately that's what I did. And I earned my trust from, um, the coaches and the guys, my guys on the team. The part, the getting on the field part, that's the that's the fun part because the fact that you can do more than one thing. You know, I have in my notes this dude essentially is the perfect football player because you don't have to take him off the field. You know, if some if some situations, man, we wouldn't line him up in the slot. You can do that and feel comfortable running routes as a receiver as you can out in the backfield uh, and you know taking handoffs. So, what is it about the versatility and the value of having that versatility that makes you such a unique player? Yeah, I, I think I have a skill set that not many players in this draft have. Um, just being like you, like you hinted on it, like I don't have to ever have to be off the field. Um, you can put me in different packages. If, um, say, we have another running back um, that's coming in, I can move to the slot or move outside of number one. And I'm really comfortable running routes um, at the receiver position too, not only outside the backfield. Then if you want to go to special teams, I, I had a value with punt return and kick return, and not many uh, guys at the next level um, can do all those things. And I pride myself on my versatility, and I think that's my best marketing tool for the NFL because I think in this day and age, you want to be as versatile as you can, especially at my position at a running back. Um, they definitely want to have their running back as a other safety valve for the QB. So being able to catch outside the backfield, um, motion out, you can motion me out. Then obviously you, me being a running back, you have to be able to block. And that's something that at Virginia, you have to learn how to love or you will not play. They don't care who you are. <laughs> if you cannot block, you, um, you're not going to be on the field. So I actually learned to love to block at Virginia. So if I got to get, if I got to get dirty, um, that's what's so big. That's what I got to do. That's part of my job to protect, uh, protect the QB. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much it. I think my versatility will set uh, set me apart from a lot of guys in this draft. I always joke with with running backs I talk to because you know I've been in those shoes and I know we don't like to block, 
And I know it's it's tough, but people think we're afraid to block. It's not that we're afraid to block. It's that you don't want to get run over. Because, yeah. you know, you know how film study is. You go rewind the play 15 times. <laughs> you might go laugh at you. Ain't nobody trying to get all that done on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so no doubt. <laughs> how no would doubt. you, how do you attack blocking? Is it more, more knowing who to block and technique as opposed to, I don't want to block? Yeah, it's definitely technique. It's, but it's, it's more so comes down to the want to. Because uh, obviously, like you hit, like you handed on it, not everybody, the running backs don't like to block typically, but obviously, like you said, we don't want to get driven back or be in the film study, like what happened here, what happened here, saying this, that, and the third. So, but definitely, like, say for instance, um, I'm taking on a guy that's 250 or 245, I'm giving up some weight, and um, so I'm not going to take him head on every time. So, if I could take half his body, that's what I'm going to do. But if I have if I have to stalemate if I have to stalemate them, then we're gonna have to meet at the hole. I'm gonna make sure I meet you at the line of scrimmage before you get there, cause there's momentum in that. So that um, thing is all comes down to want to. That's what I learned quickly. I was like, man, I could take half a man and just wash him to whatever side he wants to go to, instead of trying to you know butt him up head on consistently. Cause mm-hmm. you know my thought was, man, I just gotta if I keep doing this, I'm gonna keep getting driven back. So let me just take half a man and try to wash him to whatever side his momentum is carrying him to. And that's how I was able to, to get better in that aspect. But I always want to ask backs this because, you know, we, we hear about, uh, you know, quarterbacks. We hear about all other positions, right? But everybody has their play. You know, for me, it, you know, like if you could run one play all game long, that's your play. What play would that be? For me, it, it was always like 34 ISO because I know I'm going to have a lead guy. I know he's going to take out that first threat. I could hit the hole full speed. I just probably have to make one cut, and I'm off to the races. So what's your play that you like to run if you can run it all game long? If we can run this play all game, I'll probably have to say stretch zone just because there's not a, um, there's not a typical hole for you to hit. It, like You can actually pick your hole in that in the instance. So like say it's stretch right, say the DM wants to go outside, just cut it up. Or the D tackle, the shade wants to scrape over, we can cut it off um, in the B gap, we cut it short. And if you see the linebackers over pursuing, you can cut it all the way backfield. But make sure if you're cutting all the way back, <laughs> you get some yardage because if you don't, you'll be right on the sideline. But I definitely think um, throughout the years, I think stretch zone is definitely my, one of my favorite plays around. Now, when you're running zone, I know some, some people teach it differently. Are you reading uh, – D line to linebackers, or are you just reading linebackers to secondary? Because I learned at third, we we were taught um, you look at first threat, and our first threat was the the second level. That was our read. But then I found out later on um, that some people were being taught, you know, like you talked about, read the D lineman, then you read backers, and then you move on to the next guys. Yeah, definitely. That's that's how uh, I was taught, um, especially to start with the D line. So basically, look at our aiming point. Usually it's the five technique or seven technique out there. So see if he's playing, see if he scrapes inside or if he's a guy that still wants to hold the edge. Then I look you uh, typically down the line, then go back to the linebackers and then see if they're over pursuing. Make sure you check the um, the mic first to see where the, like the open um, the free hitter is at before you cut and do all those cutting cutting this stuff. And then obviously. Um, and film study, you'll see the safe like safety tilts give you where the pressure's gonna come from at all times. So I definitely think going from the D line to linebackers to the 
to the safeties um, is beneficial, especially doing uh, stretch reads. Um, yeah, stretch. When, when you talk about the NFL, you talk about, you know, everyone wants to have player comparisons. And, you know, but I like to do like clusters. You know, someone's asked me, well, what's Shane Simpson's like? You know, who is his pro comp or what cluster would you throw him in? Well, you have your your Alvin Kamara's, your Kenyon Drake's, your Chase Edmonds, your Tariq Cohen's. That's a cluster, in my opinion. But who are some of the guys that you tend to watch as a pro that you kind of take pieces of their game and add into yours? Yeah, definitely. Um, in today's day and age, um, today's um, players, I'll definitely look at Christian McCaffrey because his versatility. Um, Alvin Kamara, same thing. Um, who else? Austin Eckler, in a sense. Uh, LaShawn McCoy. And I think that's and Tariq Cohen, like as you said. And then if I'm going back in the day, I I definitely was a huge Ladainian Thomason fan. So I, and Brian Westbrook. Now, see, you make me feel old because you say back in the day, and I'm thinking I'm about to hear like Roger Craig or somebody. <laughs> you say Ladainian Thomas, and I'm like, damn, that's my age. Like you make yeah, me some, feel some guys don't know, um, don't know he played that long. <laughs> right. like geez that's damn that's right that's that's your throwback my throwback goes into the 80s that's crazy uh damn i feel old but anyway when you look at you know all that you've gone through in, in football up to this point it teaches you a lot right you probably have a lot of lessons what's the biggest lesson that football has taught you so far um i actually have a there's a quote that i heard from my coach uh coach ambrose at towson uh, a, without struggle, there's no progress. And that actually sit with me very well, especially with my story uh, through the injuries, um, obviously me transferring through COVID and stuff like that. So, And every time that I had a struggle, it made me progress more in life as a man and as a football player. And every time there's a adversity hit me, I made sure to bounce back even better. And I think I've done that fairly well in my career uh, up to this point. Where you're currently training and, and when is your pro day? Um, I, I'm currently training at Test Sports Club in New Jersey, Martinsville, New Jersey. And uh, my pro day is March 24th. Those guys at Test, man, they put you through the ring, ringer. I've been down that way, seen that facility, man. Like, goodness, they put you through the ringer down there at Test. They sure do. But I, I love it just because how nit, how nitpicky they are with every little thing. They just want to be – they try to be as perfect as they can. And I'm so grateful that I came came here, get my body right. My, I, we took our body transformations today, and I look like a totally different person from uh, when I first arrived here. And that's always the, the growth. And I try to tell high school student-athletes that um, what you look like now, you won't look after your first semester in college once you get hooked on a college strength and conditioning program. So I only know – which your body probably looks like now that you only can focus on ball and getting your body right. Cause that's your, that's your job now. And that's how you're going to uh, take care of your family. But I also want to bring up before we get, get, before we get out of here, you had an all-star game invite. You, you know, you're lucky to play in an all-star game this year. Not many people were able to do that. You got to the college gridiron showcase. What was that whole event like for you? And what was some of the feedback you got from scouts? It was a great event. Um, shout out to them. Especially thankful for the invite. And there was no COVID cases, so it was a very, very well-run event. Um, I had a, We had every scout there from every team. So 31 out of 31 teams there, uh, 119 or 18 uh, scouts from the NFL, CFL, 
in general. So it was huge. And then I, I had a great um, out in there. Uh, um, Chris routes, catching everything. Uh, bag drills are real precise. Um, feedback was um, just keep doing what I was doing. And then ultimately, like, I, I know in the back of my head, I, even my agents didn't even have to tell me that they just want to see me run, um, run a good time, see how I move, uh, look at me in person again, and then evaluate me from there. Because truthfully, um, like I said before in this interview, um, I, I think my resume speaks volumes. Um, yeah, I had my injuries, but obviously with pro day, I can throw that all, I can throw that all to the side. And that's what I'm looking forward to doing. I always tell people, you know, uh, whatever game you you pick up, you should see exactly what a guy brings to the table. Because a lot of people say, hey, watch this game, watch that game. It shouldn't really matter. I could pick up a tape and watch Shane Simpson play, and Shane Simpson is going to jump out at me. And that's exactly what you were able to do at Towson, at Virginia. And we definitely wish you the best of luck moving forward. Thank you again for taking time. All righty. Appreciate you. Bam. Good stuff, man. That was. That was